Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much a Musical. I'm your host, Rishi Sinha, and this is part two of our talk with Sorab Nair. In this episode, we'll finish up our conversation about his job as a CFO, and we'll transition into how to balance your work life and have proper stress management. So let's get right into it. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that that's, some, that's a really great thing, like acting quickly and decisively, especially like in companies, you know, there's a lot of money and there's a lot of things at stake. But I still feel like high schoolers can relate to that, you know, quick and decisive action, um, even in their everyday lives, as it will just prepare them more and more for the career that they have uh, in, in the future. And um, I quickly want to divert back to your MBA, um, because, you know, college app season is coming up, you know, th it's the summer right now, and most colleges release their essays and everything in, um, in August. So what is the what is the application process like for an MBA program? Is it like similar to, you know, undergrad or like, yeah, what are the differences between them? Um, I haven't gone through the undergrad process here in the U.S., but yeah, having yeah. observed it externally, um, I think it's somewhat similar in the sense that, you know, for an MBA, you have to give your, uh, your GMAT, which is the SAT equivalent um, for the MBA programs. Um, and then when you go through the same application process, you know, you can apply early if you want uh, to a university of choice. Um, and then you can do as many applications as you as you want, honestly, but there's a fee attached with every application. Um, and, you know, the essays tend to focus more on work experience and, and what you want to do uh, with your MBA, um, especially as, as an immigrant, you know, there was a, a lot of focus on why do you want to come to the U.S. for your MBA? Why can't you do it in, in India, for example? Um, so certainly a very um, uh, detailed application process from an um, essay writing perspective as well. Um, and then as an immigrant, I actually had to um, prove out and provide transcripts with conversion into U.S. equivalent hours for my degrees as well. Uh, which, you know, if you're, if you're an um, undergraduate from, um, from the U.S., you don't have to do. Uh, because the program in India is slightly different. It's a three-year undergrad program, which is four years. So you kind of have to um, to make the case for um, uh, some extra education uh, in uh, from coming from uh, India. And then you know, once you once you um, get shortlisted, it's an interview process. Uh, you go and meet uh, you know the admissions committee, or in my case, I met some alumni uh, who were based in India um, for for interviews. Um, and, the, and they tend to focus uh, the interviews a lot on, um, you know, fit and then decision-making ability, work experience, what motivates you kind of thing. Similar to, I think, the undergrad experience, but more focused on professionals as opposed to, um, you know, uh, high schoolers trying to go into undergrad. Um, and then the decision comes out, um, you know, in the January through April timeframe, depending on which round you applied in. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's some that's some great uh, knowledge to know about, especially for the high schoolers listening who aren't um, who aren't based in America. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that was just a quick diversion back to um, like your MBA. It was just a question that came up, but um, you know, CFOs, uh, it's a very high level job um, or a high level position. Uh, so can you talk about what like a typical day in the life is for you as a CEO uh, as a CFO? And like what responsibilities and tasks does your role involve at your company? Absolutely. Um, you know, the chief financial officer is essentially 
responsible for ensuring the ongoing financial health of the business and acting as a gatekeeper you know it, it this is this is this goes beyond just accounting and tax you know there's a treasury function which is basically managing the cash and debt uh for uh, for the business uh you know making sure legal uh is in compliance you know you're not violating any laws you're constantly looking to enter into new agreements negotiating them um risk management is is a part of the role as well you know which includes uh making sure your company has enough insurance coverage you know your it security is airtight especially in this uh day and age of um phishing scams being uh, a dime a dozen you know investor relations uh, which is managing the uh, conversation with the shareholders the private equity group um as well as then the financial financial analysis part of it which i mentioned earlier too so it's it's a fairly broad based role now in the modern cfo especially in a mid-size um mid-sized business in which i operate um you know in in the modern world the cfo has really kind of morphed into being viewed as a key strategic partner to the leadership team especially the ceo so it's not just about counting the numbers it's actually making the numbers uh, making making the numbers tell a story and and helping guide the business to uh your data analysis um and helping drive the strategy of the business uh, it can be both long term and short term you know for example uh, if i'm looking at my the data uh, at my uh, in my company and i see you know suddenly we're making lower gross margin or or we're selling less to a particular customer uh, you can have the conversation with the head of sales to say hey what's happening in this particular customer or this particular category um so it's it's it certainly become a a fairly broad uh, influence uh, role um in in the current environment um typical day you know um, i i would uh, essentially come in you know i would check in with my team have like a daily stand up to see um what's going on what's not going on um you know i would spend some time looking at the uh, the financials and the books uh, reviewing some of this with the uh, with my controller who's essentially uh, responsible for uh, the bookkeeping of the organization um and then i would spend a lot of time engaging with various teams to drive the business forward um you know for example today i had a meeting with the head of marketing to analyze and determine if the proposal to invest in a particular ad campaign would be fruitful to the business or not you know because at the end of the day the dollars are are limited and the choices are unlimited so you kind of have to have the an, uh, analysis to back every choice you make and then measure the success after that um so that's that's really what uh, my typical day in day out looks like um at the end of the day it's com- comes it comes down to uh providing leadership and direction in a data oriented manner to the organization okay yeah yeah that that's a lot to do in a day but um i think we clearly see how you know the technical skills that you described earlier and also just like the people skills like great communication and being a good leader um play in part to you know being such a good CFO and you know for the high schoolers listening In case you don't know, Saurabh, he, uh, he, you know, he lives with a beautiful family in Dallas, Texas. He has a wife, two children, or twins actually, and a dog. So, can we like talk about how you're able to maintain, you know, a work-life balance in such a demanding role? And like, what advice would you give to students looking to maintain their this balance in their future career? Especially because you know we've talked a little bit about how. you know high schoolers they go through a lot of stress especially with college apps you know a lot of us do research a lot of us have a, a lot of extracurriculars um so yeah how, what would you how do you 
maintain such a good work-life balance, especially as a CFO in a company? That's a great question, Rishi. And I, I'll be honest with you, I went through the same struggles when I was a student and undergrad, and then uh, even as a young professional, right? I found it really hard to balance. Um, you're always hungry to learn. You're always hungry to do more, and always hungry to kind of impress your bosses. So it certainly is a very, um, very hard situation to be in. And honestly, I, I learned it uh, through my career on how to be, um, how to try to focus more on ensuring that it is uh, the right balance, right? But what I will tell you is that it is very, very important to draw boundaries from the outset. You know, you have to kind of be the person where you tell your boss, whether subtly or overtly, um, that, hey, this is this is my time. I'm not going to be working on the weekend or, at, you know, at, at six, after 6 p.m. or whatever it is. You know, one of the ways I accomplished that when I was in, on Wall Street was um, I would leave my BlackBerry in the living room. And for those of you who are too young to know what a BlackBerry was, it was essentially a predecessor to the, to the iPhone. Um, <laughs> You know, so, 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 but I knew folks who were working with me on Wall Street who would have the blackberries next to their nightstands and would buzz at two in the morning and they would be up and at it, right? That for me was a complete no-go. So you kind of just have to draw those boundaries um, in, right from the outset. And for me, a lot of it stems from, in, from your belief in your own abilities, right? So you have the comp- confidence and the competence to do a great job and then your work-life balance will somewhat fall into place because people will respect you for doing uh, a high quality job, always on time. Uh, and it doesn't really matter whether you do it at 2 a.m. or, or 2 p.m., um, right? So it's, it's going to come down to making sure that you believe in yourself and your abilities and drawing those boundaries uh, right from the outset. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, that's good. Oh. Sorry, I was going to say, the, the other thing I would say is that, you know, it's, I think it's also important to find something that helps you de-stress and make that a priority in your life. Um, you know, like I like to kind of... Um, go play tennis every Saturday morning. I like to go to the gym twice a week. Um, you know, some folks like to read or meet with friends, um, whatever it is, but always find that one um, activity which kind of helps you take your mind off things. Um, and, and, and as I said earlier, you know, active listening and empathy is a, is a key aspect of a, of a skill set for a CFO. And that helps me kind of be in the moment and be present. So when I'm working out, I'm not thinking about work. I'm just working out. Um, in this, in the same way when you are at work, right? So having that compartmentalization is important as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's some great advice. So I think like, you know, the high school is listening. We all have that one thing that, you know, helps de-stress us. For me, it's, you know, playing basketball or playing guitar. Um, for Saurabh, it's, you know, playing tennis and working out. And we all have that. So you guys should prioritize that when you're stressed or at least make time for it, you know, every week so that, you know, you're not ruining your mental health or anything. Um, and so I, I had a follow-up question about this BlackBerry story that you were talking about. So you, if it was like 2 a.m. and you left your BlackBerry like in the living room and like a co-worker sent you like an urgent message and you didn't respond to it until like, let's say the next morning, would you face any repercussions for it? Or would, would the co-worker understand, oh yeah, no, I sent this message at 2 a.m. Like I didn't expect it to respond. Uh, great question, Rishi, and I think it just depends on the culture in the organization, um, mm-hmm. right? You know, and um, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saving lives with anything I do day in, day out, day out since the beginning of my career, right? So so from my perspective, 
if you're sending an email at 2 in the morning and expect a response that's just uncalled for and um quite frankly it's uh, poor planning on your 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 side right um so would there be repercussions in a in a in a organization which values that kind of response time potentially but then i don't think you want to be in that organization for the short term or long term um so again that goes back to your belief in your abilities right so if if you're responding if you're not responding to somebody at 2 but responding at 7 or 8 in the morning and they have an issue with it then if you believe in your abilities you'll find something else which is a better fit uh culturally for you okay yeah yeah and i think like the reason i asked that question is because high schoolers you know we don't have a lot of work experience you know at, at this age so um we might feel it might feel weird or almost uncomfortable to us to like put boundaries for ourselves especially in like a group setting be like no that's that's too much you know this is my time i'm not going to do i'm not going to do any of like our group's work during that time so yeah it, it's great to see that um you know if there's a good group like teamwork culture then setting that boundary would actually work and you wouldn't really face any you know repercussions and um so we're coming up upon like the end of our time so i'm going to ask you know the infamous question that we ask all of our um all of all of our all of the people we interview on this podcast and it's just our general tips question so it's if you could give any advice to the high schoolers listening you know have it be about accounting have it be about you know stress management or anything along the lines what advice would you give to the high schoolers listening um i would give two pieces of advice one you know you don't have to kind of pick your career path now try a lot of different things you know even if you decide to go down the path of finance there's so many options in finance spend your summers networking with people uh looking at internships you know you could be investment banking venture capital private equity you could be corporate finance or operational finance like i am you know so certainly spend the time in looking at all the different options and don't try to pigeonhole yourself too early unless you are truly passionate about a particular subject or aspect of finance and the other one would be just you know be in the moment um you know you I, i hate to say this you're only 17 18 once in your life um there's lots to worry about um when you're 18 but even more to worry about when you're 25 and 30 so certainly enjoy the time that you have um as a somewhat not so responsible not an adult um kind of thing so just again be in the moment and enjoy it okay yeah um that's some great advice and i that was a wonderful way to conclude this episode So I just want to thank you Sorb for taking the time to come onto um our podcast. This was a really great episode and I feel like the high schoolers were able to learn a lot about, you know, accounting, uh the day in the life of a C- CFO position and how to manage stress like very well between work and just your normal life. And for the listeners, uh stay tuned for our next episode. It should come out roughly a week after this one. Um and yeah, thank you so much Sorb for taking the time. Thank you for having me on Rishi. Okay. Yeah. Uh this is your host Rishi signing out and I'll see you guys next time. That's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much a Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.